0: Hello, welcome to Foss on Sustainability. The aim of this podcast is to interview people from academia, industry, and business to share their knowledge, expertise, experience, and stories. And this episode is the Green Researchers Series, which we will interview some uh, researchers or PhD students who are working on some projects related to sustainability. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Mr. Roberto Bugatti. Hello, Roberto. Hello, Ivan. So um, the first question is, so currently, you are doing your, your PhD in EPFL, right? Can you explain your field of research and give a summary of your research?
1: Yes. Yeah, so basically, I just started my PhD in June. So I'm a very fresh PhD student. My research topic is trying to do quasi-real-time simulations of distributed networks. And we want to do this using machine learning. Uh, networks are basically systems, maybe you already know, but uh, where you basically produce heat, uh, in a centralized location or multiple locations sometimes, and you deliver this heat to buildings through a network of insulated underground pipes. And the problem is that if you want to simulate what is happening in the network, it takes usually a lot of time because current methods are computationally expensive and you know, when you want. When you actually run a distributed network and you want to optimize your uh, decisions, your workflow, you want to have quasi real-time simulations because as soon as you change the position of a valve, the situation in your network will change, and so you don't have time to run you know, time-consuming simulations. That's where we want to put on your our research basically.
0: I see. Um, it sounds to be a very uh, interesting topic, but how did you get into this research topic? What makes you interested in, in doing this research topic itself?
1: Well, basically, I am very passionate about sustainability and computer science. So this is the, you know, they match perfectly in this topic. And um, I think it's something that if, if we are successful, it will have an impact on uh, carbon policies basically so that's something that i'm really looking forward to seeing you know it depends on the outcome
0: (laughs) sure so i understand that in the past um the the researchers uh, mainly focused on building energy models uh, for single buildings and uh, this time uh, you are actually trying to you know uh, build uh, energy models in an urban scale can you briefly explain the process of uh, building energy models in in urban scale, and is there any um, breakthroughs or challenges in terms of uh, building energy models in urban scale?
1: Well, uh, so right now, I think there are a lot of ways of doing simulations of buildings at, at urban scale, and we've, we've done some works with also with the Polytechnic University of Turin uh, on this topic. I mean. Uh, Now, what is very popular is to use data-driven models because, of course, uh, one of the challenges is that uh, you can know uh, the uh, at least you can estimate, for example, how your building is made, the stratigraphy of the walls. Uh, You can make some estimations on how the users will behave. But then you, you really want something that is personalized, let's say, to your case study and that's something that is really hard to do with common uh, physics-based software so machine learning software are getting very very popular right now uh, as i think in every field actually uh, but they are quite good because they can capture some uh, behaviors that you might not um, be able to model with current physics-based software basically so that's one of the breakthrough
0: i see so the next question is uh... What are the major challenges that you foresee in your research?
1: I think um, there are many challenges, actually. Uh, But the main challenge that we will face at some point will be to uh, try, because we want to try to generalize our models so that they work on different uh, discrete network architectures or these different solutions, uh, technological solutions. And that's something that is very hard because right now we have some proof of concept of small uh, surrogate models based on machine learning that works uh, on a single fixed architecture of those distributed networks. And that's not easy uh, because still you have a lot of moving parts and you need to uh, somehow implement uh, physical physical knowledge in your model because otherwise you will need a lot of Samples uh, to simulate to actually train your machine learning model. But yeah, generalizing is very hard because you can have all kinds of shapes. You you can have loops, multiple eating stations in your network and uh, different lengths and different number, totally different number of consumers. So the sizing of your network can be totally different. And that's something that I think it will be very hard to model in our uh, machine learning model, basically.
0: So, um, just in case for the audience who who doesn't understand surrogate method, what you meant is actually um, partially some uh, physical model plus the uh, machine learning model. Is that the case? Uh, well, pure kind of. pure <laughs> machine learning model. Yes.
1: No. For uh, for me, it's more like a pure machine learning model which is based on physics-based simulations because that's what we will do we won't have data of course of what it what is happening inside the pipes so we don't have the pressure losses in the network we don't have the mass flow the temperature losses and that's what we want to simulate but not having real world data let's say uh, means that we need to do some simulations and therefore since we train this model on simulations which are made with physics-based software. It's for me like a surrogate model at the end of the day. So
0: is it now very common for such surrogate model um, exists in the market or is it being commercialized and is it commonly used by the government?
1: Well, yes, I think, uh, I don't know about commercial software. I don't think so, to be honest. But yes, surrogate models are used in a lot of energy related applications, and especially for uh, estimating the demand side of buildings. For example, with many different approaches, and uh, they can go in more in detail or they can be more like urban scale uh, models. But also in different domains, like w- which can be connected, like for example, fluid dynamics. And they were used with, I think, a lot of success lately in computational dynamics to reduce the simulation times, which as you might know, are crazy (laughs) in CFT. Yeah. So I think it's a very promising way, at least to simplify some, some kind of simulations that right now are really complex and time consuming.
0: Interesting. So the next question is. Since you mentioned that uh, you are going to use some of the simulation software and uh, your project seems to be morphing a lot of uh, programming languages, is there any energy modeling simulation software and programming languages you recommend for your area of research?
1: Yes, so I can definitely recommend Python because that's what I'm using as a programming language. To, especially if you plan to use machine learning or data-driven models, there are so many packages that you can leverage in Python and it's very easy also to code, especially if you don't have a computer science background and if you are like an engineer or architect, sometimes Python is a lot more intuitive to start with what for what regards uh for concerns energy modeling i mostly use CTSIM, which it's a software that was developed at epfl and it works very well for building simulations but also uh, energy resource flow simulations and they just added in the last few years module, let's say, to simulate this, effort, which is what I need right now. So it's perfect for me. Another software that I'm using, it's actually a Python library, which is called Pandapipes, and was, and this developed by, I think the Fraunhofer Institute. And it works very well for piping systems, basically, for simulating piping systems.
0: So. Since you mentioned that you you are able to do a lot, some programming and and apart from research project, is there any, you know, research topics that you are also interested in?
1: Well, yes. I mean, there are um, a very curious person. So there are a lot of things I I get interested easily in different things outside of my field, actually. Uh, But of course, as I have just studied my PhD, I cannot explore too much otherwise i will lose track of what i have to do (laughs) but yeah right now i am trying to do something that is similar to what i am doing or what i have to do and i am collaborating on some researches for example in the domain of electric and daylighting or machine learning applied to satellite images for example to estimate energy consumption so I think in general, I'm a big fan of machine learning because I find it really funny to use. And it's really interesting and can really make a difference in some cases. And maybe it's abused right now because everyone is using machine learning. Everyone is applying it to everything. And sometimes it's a bit overkill, let's say, because you don't really need machine learning to some applications. It might be interesting to try, but really useful because you're not trying to solve a problem you're just trying to provide an alternative way which is maybe not even optimal sometimes uh, but for some in some domains and for some cases are machine learning it's i think really really a breakthrough
0: so let's talk a little bit more about uh yourself. So um, is there anything you are planning to contribute to related to the megatrend of sustainability based on your skill set and capability? Of course, it's uh, something that's after your PhD study.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's hard to say right now. But one of the things that is truly really related to my work is that if we are, if I can manage to provide this new simulation, let's say methodology, the idea is to build some open source tools out of it, out of this methodology so that practitioners in the field can use it for research, but mostly also for industry so that they can improve the efficiency of their 3tt networks or have better way. I have a better way to build new new networks or extensions of existing ones. And since heating is definitely heating, building, it's one of the it's one of the main reason of CO2 emissions. Try, uh, being able to decarbonize heating, which is something that this utility network can do actually, because they can run carbon neutral way. Uh, will be, I think, very inf- impactful on sustainability, let's say, on reducing uh, emissions and taking the climate change challenge.
0: Okay, here comes to the last question. Any interesting hobbies outside your research that you would like to share?
1: Uh, well, yes. I mean, since I living in Switzerland now, I grew, grew this hobby of climbing, and I think it's a very good way to stay in shape. And, of course, when the weather is good to see nature from another perspective in Switzerland, it's really amazing.
0: Thank you very much. You have been listening to Foss on Sustainability, and our guest today was Roberto Bugatti. Stay tuned for the next interview. Thank you.